you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. It's Friday, September 1st, and you're listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. is the voice of today's special guest. I like how you went high on the higher on the register there on the octave there at the end. Uh, the host of NFL that. Total Access, the broadcast, which you can catch this season on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 7 p.m. Eastern on NFL Network. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. Don't which, give away your identity you're, you're yet. He's the, the Jersey boy, the Fordham Ram, the son of a Dean, the Giants fan. He's the sweet potato kid. He's Mike Yam. Welcome back to the pod, Yammer. Let's roll. Let's roll. I'm your host, NFL Network senior writer, Andrew Levy. And full disclosure, that was pre-recorded, that bit you just heard. And I'm updating a few items today. But I will bring you large portions of my conversation with Mike Yam in this episode. Now, by the way, Mike's mom was a dean. She's not a dean anymore. No, now she's a university president. Rather significant promotion. But such is Yammer's humility and humanity that he didn't correct me. Uh, Mike's mom, you raised a good dude, and I'm sorry that I screwed up your very impressive resume. Now, let's get to the order of the day. On today's show, with many of you facing a fantasy draft over the Labor Day weekend, we have a job to do, and that job is to help you get ready. So to that end, I'm happy to announce that Adam Rank is back for another season with us. Let's insert some sort of joyful sound effect here. Oh, very nice. The Fantasy Live analyst will be joining us on as many Fridays as I am allowed to book him, starting with this one. Now, Adam recorded something for today's show. He sent it to me this morning. It's about eight minutes long, and it's a nice sort of pre-draft essay, something that I think we should all listen to. He's going to debunk some popular but apparently misguided draft strategies. He's also going to direct our attention to a few players that we need to target. Steve Smith Sr., is giving T.A. the broadcast his tale of the tape on the Jets and the Bills game. That's the last game of week one, that Monday night game at MetLife. And I'm going to go ahead and shamelessly lift that from T.A. broadcast and share it on this podcast. Look, Bills-Jets, Monday night, it's obviously a game of real interest. But Steve Smith's take on it is, in true Steve Smith fashion, unexpected and provocative, so you're going to want to hear that. But first, okay, I hit Mikey M earlier with a few questions related to the word of the week for my money, and that word is business. More to the point, unfinished business with the Chiefs and the Niners and the Colts. So, Mikey M, let's get down to business, starting with this. Tungavailo looks to throw. He'll have no chance. He's sacked by Bosa. Sixth consecutive game with a sack for one of the NFL's best. 
Okay, that was Nick Bosa making one of the 18 and a half sacks that helped earn him the Defensive Player of the Year award in the NFL last season. Yam is going to actually explain in a moment why stat numbers don't really tell the whole story for this player. But the latest on Nick Bosa as of what, just after 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Friday, is that a deal is expected to be finalized, but that deal is, as of now, not yet finalized. And the fact is, this close to the season, that feels like cutting it a little close for Niners fans. My question for Mike E.M., how concerned should Niners fans be? This is going to be the worst answer ever when I say panicked and not panicked at the same time. And, okay, and here's, interesting. Let's here's, go to two-part of this one. Here's, here's where I'm going with this. Panicked in the sense that this team is not going to win a Super Bowl without Nick Bosa. This roster, we've said it numerous times on this show, is built to win right now. Nick Bosa is as important a part and a, as important a piece as there is on the entire football team. For as much as we spend so much time talking about Brock Purdy and the quarterback situation, this team's identity still circles on what happens on the defensive side of the ball. They invested and gave up some resources in in Hargrave, Javon Hargrave coming from Philadelphia. This up front, this defensive line could be the could be the best in the NFL. I think the Jets might have a little bit of pushback on that front, but the point is they're one of the best in the league. When you don't have Bosa, that's a problem. Why am I not panicked? Because everything that I just said, and people are listening to this podcast probably screaming, hey, Captain Obvious, we know. <laughs> I, I, I get that. He's Defensive Player of the Year. I'm just setting the stage. If we know, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan There you know. go. And here, here's why I'm worried, though. This thing should have been done. When it comes to quarterback contracts, right, this is how it works. If you're the next guy, you're probably going to get a deal bigger than the guy who just got one, right? Like, it just keeps escalating like that. And I know Nick Bosa is different because he's a defensive player, but I just look at this as, oh, okay, like, it's your time. You're going to be the highest-paid defensive player in the NFL. Yeah. Okay, what, what are we doing here? What else is happening in these negotiations? And that's why I'm a little concerned because, quite frankly, I thought this thing would have gotten done. And all the leverage at this point as we creep closer to the start of the season is all – Bosa and his reps, they have all the leverage. Let's remind the listener what this man did last year to earn himself the Defensive Player of the Year. 16 games, 16 starts, 18 and a half sacks that led the NFL. 51 combined tackles, 41 solo, 10 assisted, 19 tackles for a loss, 48 quarterback hits. He's a disruptive player. Uh, two forced fumbles, one pass defensed. A very disruptive player. But even those stats don't quite tell the whole story. No. But let's turn to the question that you're asking, which is, what's going on here? It seems to be obvious that he's going to be amongst the highest, if not the highest paid defensive player in the NFL. Currently, the highest paid defensive tackle in the NFL is Aaron Donald. His annual is just under 32, just south of 32, $31.7 million a year. Highest paid edge rusher currently, TJ Watt. Annual salary, $28 million. Joey Bosa, brother Joey, makes $27 million a year, and Miles Garrett makes $25. Of course, we heard earlier this offseason, Quinn and Williams put pen to paper for the Jets. His annual salary is $24 million, significant because, of course, it's second behind Aaron Donald in the defensive tackle category. Now, Nick Bosa, while he can line up everywhere on the line, we obviously are used to seeing him bending around the edge and causing major disruption and headaches sure. for opposing quarterbacks. So looking at those edge rusher numbers, he expects to make somewhere in the neighborhood of $30 million a year. 
Maybe the holdup is that he wants to be north of Aaron Donald, that he wants to be the highest, and maybe the offer is not north of 31-7. Maybe that's the sticking point. I'm merely guessing. How important is it for a player to be the highest paid player at his position when he's just been honored as the best defensive player in the NFL? Just all those starts. Availability. You gave the stats, by the way. That doesn't even paint the picture on the attention that he gets out on the football field. And to me, if I'm Nick Bosa, I'm sitting there going, yo, you guys are paying me. Like, I I just, I'm not playing. Like, why? He's not incentivized to play without a massive deal. And the Niners have not been cheap. Like, they just did Christian McCaffrey's deal. Like, they've, they don't, and by the way, McCaffrey doesn't have a huge deal, but the point is, as it goes to running backs, it is a actually like a, a large contract. It's the, um, the highest running back deal in the NFL currently. Exactly. By a healthy margin. So, to me, if I'm Nick Bosa, I'm sitting here going, dude, I've been the, the workhorse on the defensive side, a rock and a complete game record. What, what, are, we, what are we doing here? That's what I would say. If you were to Google Nick Bosa, listener, you would see what we all see, which is that a deal is expected to be signed within the next few days. Now, the fact is we've been hearing that for a while now. So I think to Yam's point, there is a holdup. It's more and more concerning. It's both cause for panic and cause for no concern at all. Why? Because Mike Yam is absolutely right. John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan, Jed York, uh, they know what we know. They know it better than we do. He's a guy they're not going to let out of the building. They're not going to let him sit out. They're not going to give him reason to hold out. He's going to be out there. They're going to get this done. The question is not if. The question is when. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Let's stay with the unfinished business, and let's talk about the most important piece on that Chiefs defensive line, number 95, a guy who Sean O'Hara said just the other day on this podcast. He's the guy on third down that the opposition says, where's 95, where is Chris Jones? One of the best run blockers, run stoppers, I should say, in the NFL. How worried should Chiefs fans and Chiefs players be at the absence and the potential prolonged absence of Chris Jones. So they should be worried for a lot of reasons. I I think the situations are really similar here when you look at these rosters. Advantage Kansas City, though, in this regard. They still have Patrick Mahomes. And I think here's the difference when you look at the Niners situation versus the Chiefs. San Francisco, who's the dynamic guy in that critical moment that's going to be able to lift the team and execute on a play and that that wouldn't do that game? I, I don't know if that's Brock Purdy. Here's what I do know. Patrick Mahomes is that guy. He's been that guy. When you take arguably the best wide receiver in the game, a future Hall of Famer, and in Tyreek Hill, not there, and that the offense still is able to thrive and they're still able to win a Super Bowl, to me, the proof is in the pudding. Now, from a defensive standpoint, and here's the difference, right? Like, 
I mentioned the San Francisco, their identity, at least in my mind, is still what happens on the defensive yes. side. Kansas City's identity is clearly on the offensive side. Yes. So it, it is a little different, but it's similar in the sense of, I don't know. Like the margin of elite football teams, the difference between them, I don't think it's 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 huge. There's not a lot of differences there. So when you take a caliber of player like Chris Jones and he's not on that team and we know what he means to that team's defense, it would concern me drastically for that team to get back to a Super Bowl and more importantly, go and win a go and win another championship. What Mike, I'm spitballing here, but I'm wondering what your thoughts on this are. Nick Bosa and his camp are waiting to sign a deal. Chris Jones and his camp are waiting to sign a deal. Is it possible that Chris Jones, albeit a defensive tackle, is waiting to see what Nick Bosa, an edge rusher, signs for? Is there a wait and see game? Am I, is Chris Jones hoping that Nick signs first so then he goes north of that? Is Nick Bosa hoping that Chris Jones signs first so he can go north of that? Nick Bosa's 18 and a half sacks sound gaudy to you? Chris Jones had 15 and a half from the middle of that yeah. defensive line. Could they be playing a waiting game? So it's funny you mentioned that because before we got out here, I knew we were going to talk about these two players. And I was thinking in my mind, is there a little bit of a wait and see? I I lean no only because Quinnen Williams got his deal. And I think for Chris Jones, he's like, there's a barometer that's there, right? Like you can see what some of these other defensive tackles are getting. So it's and you're right. Like you even said, it's not exactly apples to apples, but. Look, I think the teams, I don't think they care. I don't know if the players necessarily care. Because for at least in that moment, you know you're the highest paid guy, right? And if it changes in a couple of days, like Justin Herbert sitting back with 250 in in his bank account in, in the next, whatever, five years or whatever it's going to be. Like when Joe Burrow gets 260, whatever. Herbert's like, not sweating it. He's like, yo, whatever. It's cool. Right. Like, it's fine. Exactly. I'm in SoCal. Exactly. He's in Cincinnati. No yeah. disrespect. But, you know, like, it's it's cool. It's cool. <laughs> No disrespect, but a little bit of disrespect. Okay, so fair enough. No, I think you shake off the uh, waiting game pitch, and I think you're right to do so. I just found it interesting. It sort of hit me, and I thought, is that part of the deal here? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to translate and say the answer is very likely not. Okay, I'm going to call the final piece of unfinished business indecent proposal. Indie, I-N-D-Y, sent proposal. Because I'm still incredulous that Jonathan Taylor may have played his last game in a Colts uniform. Here's what we know. Taylor will start the season on the pup list. That, of course, is the physically unable to perform list. So we won't see him on the field in any of the first four Colts games. The question is, what happens after that? Well, that was my question. And Mike Yam's answer may surprise you. Here's why I net out on the Jonathan Taylor situation. This makes complete sense for me from a Colts perspective. From, a, from the Colts' perspective. Yeah. Because the way I see it... Here comes an unexpected, surprising answer. So you didn't get what you want. You're not forced to go and trade him. You know what's going to happen in four weeks? Now, this is not ideal. you got a rookie quarterback going out there. Of course, you want a 24-year-old RB1 that would be on the short list of the best running backs in the NFL. You want him out there. I get that. But he's not happy. So here, here's what I would say. In four weeks or five weeks because we're a week away from the start of the season, in in five weeks when he comes off that pup list, what's the market for Jonathan Taylor? There's probably a pretty good chance that it's increased. In my mind, you could see an injury from another team that's got a running back. Without a doubt. We hope that's not the case, but it's the NFL, so very likely will be the case. So all of a sudden, that stock just went up a little bit more. If you don't get what you want, there's no reason for you to go and trade him 
before the season starts. Because this goes back to Bosa and what I said. As we creep closer to the start of the season, Nick Bosa's got all the leverage. What are you going to do? He ain't going to play. Give him a deal. You need him. Obviously, he needs you too because yeah, he needs that cash. For sure. But I think in the Taylor situation, this is all about compensation. MJD, he's probably been with you, what, a million times. He would tell you had the same exact thing happened to him when he was in Jacksonville. Wanted cash, wasn't getting cash. He was told, go seek a trade. And the Jags had no intention of trading him. He said he and his agent were able to get fair offers. And the Jags said, hell no, we're not going to go and ship you out of town. I think the Colts are sitting there going, you know what? We, we get a McCaffrey-type package, which is what they're saying it's going to take. Why not? I still look at some teams right now across the league that I look at Jonathan Taylor as a missing piece. You put him on that roster, I go, ooh, you know what? You went from good or maybe even Throw a Throw out a couple like, of those teams out. Okay, just I don't for think, us to, to, to I don't play think this a little happens. fantasy fantasy. I don't think this happens, but Dallas to me, yes, no first team that brainer. popped to mind. This is a no brainer for me. Like I get what Deuce Vaughn has been able to do in the preseason. Yep, that's that's amazing, and it, it sounds like so, so demeaning. Like I'm saying he's a cute little running back. Who, by the way, the little guys in the NFL, they're my heroes because I'm five eight, one sixty. Like I want to see those dudes thrive. But the point is, they already got an electric guy yep. in Tony Pollard, yep. right? Deuce Vaughn's going to do the same thing. Who's the bruiser? You're telling me you put Jonathan Taylor in that lineup? Jerry's not shot. Like the contract's not scaring Jerry. It's maybe a little bit on the compensation side, but who knows what's going to happen? If that run game sucks at the start of the year, Pollard's coming off of of a, a fractured leg, and Deuce Vaughn, if he doesn't deliver in those first four weeks, you're telling me Jerry's not going to go? Hey, maybe we got to figure this thing out. So they certainly come to mind. Um, I like, look, he's different because Jonathan Taylor is not the fastest dude out there. He's like, but can you imagine a bruiser like that in a Miami uniform? I can't believe my fellow Badger, Johnny T, was just described as not having, not being the fastest guy because out there. He was a track star in high school and in college. So think about He's like, got track star speed. He's got 10-2 speed. So the, the I, I just think about the waddles and the the tyreeks yeah, of the world right. compared to most that, right. like it's not, although it's different. It, and, and it looks just different, different. Yeah. it just looks different yeah. um so for me i actually think he'd be a perfect fit uh in that offense okay in, very in interesting yeah. so after four weeks of being on the pup list the suggestion by mikey m and i think it's absolutely right will is that the market value for this player will increase yes. now if you look at the schedule i would submit to you that the need to keep him will also increase after four weeks okay. you will have played the jags the texans the ravens and the rams i see at least two, two losses there yeah. uh, best case scenario for the colts just just knee jerk here is two, two and, and two. two i could definitely see one and three and if all goes pear-shaped I could see 0-4. Then you look at a Week 5 and a Week 6 matchup against division rivals Titans at home, Jags for the second time that season in Week 6 on the road. I need you now more than ever, Jonathan Taylor, number 28, after four weeks of sure. sitting out. Maybe now my deal gets a little sweeter I've seen how much we struggled in his absence through the first four weeks, and man, I really need 28 back on the field. Or I say, hey, I'm sitting with, what, two and four to start the season, one and five in that range, and I go, I got a rookie quarterback that doesn't have a ton of reps. I have a young wide receiver on Michael Pittman. Maybe I go, hey, if that package is pretty good, this is a rebuild, and I work to get some pieces. 
around now Jonathan Taylor's 24 but what's the tread on the tires I mean what do they always talk about with these running backs like if I'm that front office I go you know what maybe if we're getting our butt kicks and there's more L's than than W's I sit here and go let's look at an asset like Jonathan Taylor get the best that we can for him rebuild and put some talent around my quarterback You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. This is NFL Total Access, the podcast. I'm your host, NFL Network senior writer, Andrew Levy. And the next topic is last acts, because the last act of week one is the Monday night game, September 11th, 820 Eastern kickoff at MetLife Stadium, Jets hosting the Bills. Now, admittedly, the Jets have gobbled up the Lions' share of offseason attention, being cast on hard knocks and getting a quarterback who will one day have his likeness cast in bronze at the Hall of Fame. Yeah, that'll do that for a franchise. But let's cut through all the chatter and let's call on a source of zag. Because the fact is, when others zig, this man always zagged. He's the future Hall of Famer. He's Steve Smith Sr. with a Bills and Jets tale of the tape. Tell the tape. Here we go. I'm going to throw out some categories. Steve, you tell me where the advantage really okay. lies, okay? Quarterback, All Buffalo right. or the Jets? Allen mm. or Rodgers? Mm. I have to go with Rodgers, and here's why. Wow. Since March 24th, 2020, the Buffalo Bills traded for Stephon Diggs. Five-hour workday or seven-hour workday, that's 6,374 hours of working on their chemistry just in the building talking about football. Aaron Rodgers only has 700 hours working with his wide receivers. So at some point, that chemistry is going to make a fantastic play for the Buffalo Bills. However, I still give the advantage to the New York Jets. Wow. Going with Aaron Rodgers, even without the chemistry. Okay, fair enough. What about the running game in that backfield? Is it the Jets? Well, I got to go with the Jets only because... The Buffalo Bills have used draft picks. Zach Moss, Cooks. They traded for Naheem Hines. And yet, their their, uh, running backs are ranked in the bottom half of the NFL with carries. We know the New York Jets are going to run the football. They've got Cooks, his brother, Devin Cooks. Um, And then they also have Brees Hall, who's coming back from injury. They got Michael Carter from down here in Raleigh, UNC uh, Chapel Hill. They're going to run a football. And Daniel Hackett knows his play action for the deep threat, all predicated on running a football. Okay. um, By the way, the president of Bills Mafia, our good buddy, Michael Robinson texted me. He's he's like, where's this Bills? Where where are they going to take a category? Wide receiver? Are you going? You going with Bills Mafia? You going with Buffalo? Uh, I like Dalton Kincaid, University yeah. of Utah. Stand up. But I still got to go with the Jets because wow. they've used like 15 wide receivers to fill in 
and getting a slot receiver, and they have not been able to fill that role just of yet. They've used draft picks, free agents, and they're still waiting for it. They got Dalton Kincaid, who's a stand-up tight end. He has to work on his blocking, but he'll be there. I just got to go with the Jets as well. I'm sorry, uh, Mike Robb. That's my, that's my workmate. Love him. You know, president of Bills Mafia, but I'm sorry, bro. All right, so it's a clean sweep here. So fair to assume you got the Jets in week number one, right? Beating Buffalo Monday night? I do. Okay. I, I, Buffalo, for the last three years, we have seen the Buffalo Bills, a top-tier team, yeah. not finish when it counts. Okay. Wow, Jets fans, they're smiling ear to ear right now. Thank you, Steve Smith Sr. Uh, listener, I made Steve promise to join us a few times this season on the pod. And I really, really look forward to sharing his unique brand of analysis with you. He is a different cat. He is a special cat. Um, and he really does see the game through eyes that you and I just simply don't have. So uh, I can't wait to bring that to you. But for now, let's turn to an order of business facing many of you this weekend, or at least early next week, your fantasy draft. Full disclosure, I had my draft this past Tuesday night. I think this is year 23 or 24 for the 12 of us who have been doing this all this time. I was once told that there is nothing more interesting to each of us than our own fantasy team, and that there is nothing more boring to each of us than anyone else's fantasy team. So I'm going to spare you the details of my draft. I will share this. The site that my friends and I use gave my team a draft grade of D. I assume that does not stand for dominant or destined. For now, it stands for damn you draft grade. Look, I'm going to make it work one way or another. Had I the benefit of Adam Rank's advice prior to my draft, I may not have made the many mistakes that I obviously did. So here is Adam Rank with a pre-draft pep talk. One part busting draft myths and one part suggesting draft picks. Rankster, the mic is yours. It's me. That's right. I am back for 2023. So excited to be part once again of the Total Access podcast. I've got some draft myths that we need to go over. That's right. We've got drafts this weekend. Here are a couple of things that I want to let you know that you need to know before we go into our fantasy drafts. And number one, you do not need to take running backs with your first two picks. I know this is an antiquated way of doing things. There was a time back in the 90s where you would start your draft with back-to-back -back running backs. There was also a time in the 90s when the only time you could watch Seinfeld was 9 o'clock on Thursday night. Times have changed. Rosters have changed. The NFL has changed. As a matter of fact, the first two picks off the board are very likely going to be Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. Travis Kelsey could go off the board as early as the third overall selection. We might not even get to a running back until pick five, pick six, where it could be Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Austin Eckler, Nick Chubb could end up playing three downs for the Browns this season. Could be somebody to take a look at in the first round, but it is not automatic like it used to be way back in the day. So make sure you're taking a guy who is the highest point scorer, the most consistent point scorer, and typically that is a wide receiver. And one of the reasons we talk about Travis Kelsey is that there is a scarcity at the position, and nobody comes close to Travis Kelsey. All right, number two, waiting on a quarterback. 
This is another one of those things that people talk about. Hey, we, let's wait on a quarterback. And I understand that people are of the mind like, look, I can get solid production from a guy like Kirk Cousins later on in my drafts, and that's fine. But you could pretty much say that about every position. Like, really, like, okay, well, you don't, I, I don't have to draft any wide receiver because if I take Jackson Smith and Jigba in the 11th round and he turns into a wide receiver, like, you could say this for anybody. It's maddening. But one of the things about Patrick Mahomes, he was the highest scorer in fantasy football last season. He had, what, seven or eight games where he had at least three touchdown passes. And also, if you're in a league, and this is very important, know your league's scoring settings. If you're in a league that rewards you for six, with six points for a passing touchdown instead of four, that means quarterbacks have a bigger emphasis. If you're in a league that gives passing yardage bonuses to quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes becomes even more valuable. So don't be afraid to take one of the most consistent performers in all of fantasy football as early as the third round. And I will tell you this, if you're taking Travis Kelsey and you're sitting there and you have an opportunity to stack him with Patrick Mahomes, oh my gosh, I love it. I love everything about that. All right, another myth. Number three, uh, worrying too much about the bye weeks. I know that when you're drafting, you see these numbers and you're like, well, this guy's got a bye in week eight and I, I can't draft. I, I, I don't care. I don't care if every single one of my players has the same bye week. I just want the best players. I am not going to hedge off a guy because I might have to go to the waiver wire one week. As a matter of fact, sometimes it's you're better off to where you're like, all right, well, I'm going to have one terrible week. I'm going to have one awful week where I'm going to be playing my bench guys and it's going to be fine. Don't worry about the bye weeks. It's not that huge of a deal. Another myth is don't draft rookies. Oh, I love drafting rookies. As a matter of fact, in the NFL.com experts league, and I use the term experts very loosely, I took a grip which is an undefined term, but I took so many rookie running backs, so many rookie wide receivers. Listen, there are some guys out there that we know who they are. Like I've got, I know who this player is. I've gotten a sense of you. Okay. I'm familiar with your game, Rashad Bateman. I am going to take a risk with some of these young wide receivers. Zay Flowers. As a matter of fact, I can actually have a fantasy team name called I Can Draft Myself Zay Flowers if I pick him. So don't avoid rookies. Don't think that it's something that these untested players cannot come out and do the job. And by the way, here's a, here's a quick little tip for you. If you're looking for a tight end very late in drafts, Dalton Kincaid. When I watched him play college football at Utah, I thought I was watching the college version of Travis Kelsey. Oh, and by the way, this weekend, you don't need to draft a kicker in defense. Now, if you want to go out there and draft a player like Young Way Koo, you want to pick up the Jets defense, or as a matter of fact, take a look at the Saints defense. How good they are going to be in the first couple of weeks of the season. The matchups that they have are pristine. But you don't have to take 
the kicker and defense, especially if you plan on streaming this season. Pick up a couple of guys. Look, the Rams have some issues with Cooper Cup because he might miss some time because of a hamstring injury. So why not pick up one of those wide receivers? Why not pick up Tyler Higby? See what happens. Things happen in the NFL, and if you've, you've got some time, we've got at least a full week before the game start, and if we have to draft one, if we have to pick up some guy at some point, that's fine. But don't feel like you have to walk out of your draft with a kicker and a defense. We can stream them later. Take some prospects. Take a let, let practice weeks play out and see what happens. And so those are some of the myths I want to bust as you go out into fantasy football. And by the way, I'm going to give you, listen, I'm going to try to give you some cliff notes right now and give you some names of some guys I want you to walk away with in your drafts. Number one, Garrett Wilson. I love Aaron Rodgers as a player this season. I'm a Bears fan. I don't like Aaron Rodgers. He's made my life miserable. He is going to be fantastic for the New York Jets. Garrett Wilson is going to break out. He's going to end up in the top five. Chris Olave, last season, fourth in the NFL in yards per target. Derek Carr, fourth in the NFL in yards per attempt. Yeah, a lot of people thought he was just dumping the ball off to Devontae Adams. No, he was pushing the ball down the field. Chris Olave is another one of those guys who can break out. And if somehow you manage to get... Garrett Wilson in the second, Chris Olave in the third. You're going to have a very good fantasy football season. Ramadre Stevenson is still going to be fine with the New England Patriots. There is room for both Ezekiel Elliott and Ramadre Stevenson to be very good for them. And in addition to that, Damian Pierce, the running back for the Houston Texans, D'Amico Ryans is coming down there. He's going to be running the Mike Shanahan system with Bobby Slowick as the offensive coordinator. They want Damian Pierce to play the Christian McCaffrey role. So that's what I got for you. Thank you so much for the time. Good luck this season. And I look forward to being a part of this podcast, giving you some fantasy insight moving forward. And uh, Andrew, go ahead and take it away. Adam Rank, thank you so much. The first of many visits on the pod this season. We can't wait for you to be our guy Friday. Okay, finally, I'm happy to offer up a few more fantasy draft tips, courtesy of a guy named Trevor Sykema. Trevor is the lead PFF draft analyst. He's also the co-host of the NFL Stock Exchange. And he joins us now with four more names to consider putting in your draft queue. Two running backs, two wideouts, Mr. Sykema, the mic is yours. Mike Evans, payment aside, why is he a target for you in fantasy? Yeah, he should be. I mean, regardless of what's going to happen with this contract, when he's on the field, he is still going to be a major focal point for this Buccaneers passing offense. And he's just not getting drafted like it in fantasy. I think that everybody looks at it and said, oh, you know, Tom Brady's not there. It's Baker Mayfield. They're expecting a downgrade in passing attack for them. But Still, I mean, Mike had an 84 overall receiving grade in our system with Mike Glennon and Josh McCown throwing him the ball his rookie season. So this guy has been QB proof, I think, throughout his entire career. So I think everybody expecting a major drop off in production for Mike Evans. I mean, they're going to be sorely mistaken when he goes out there and balls out. So if you get a chance to draft him even a little bit earlier, about a round earlier, I still think that you should. Okay, I like it. I'm writing that down. Meanwhile, the buzz in the ATL been about Bijan Robinson. Are you considering Tyler Algier? 
Oh, I absolutely am. Again, this is a guy whose ADP is a little low to me. I feel like it should be a little bit higher, especially because of what Algier was able to do as a red zone player last year. Led the Atlanta Falcons in red zone touches. Now, of course, Bijan Robinson, they drafted him high early for a reason, and they're going to use him even in the red zone. But Tyler Algier has that style that I know Arthur Smith is just going to want to continue to feed. That yards after contact, that ability to take contact and just continue to churn out the ball. He's going to reward that, even with Bijan Robinson there. Sure, Robinson is going to be more of the pass catcher when it comes to opportunities out of the backfield. Coral Patterson could be the same way. But when it comes to those money down, short yardage situations and in the red zone, they're going to want to give the ball to Algier. So he could be a big touchdown guy for you. All right. Me personally, in my drafts, I'm a little bit risk adverse at the start. So where should I be looking for Michael Thomas? Michael Thomas is kind of the same story that I have with Mike Evans right now. And that's when he is going to be on the field. I still think they're going to run their passing offense through him. I really do. Yeah. In his career, he has had over a 20% wide receiver usage. We call it threat at PFF, which is how often you are targeted when you were on the field. He has had more than 20% basically his entire career. He's never had below that 20 mark, even had a 77.4 receiving grade when he was on the field last year. And so I just don't think this guy is going to go into the end of the night if you will like even if Chris Olave gets some more touches even if Rashid Shahid is going to be a great vertical threat for them Michael Thomas is still going to be their all-around player short intermediate deep that they're going to go to consistently so I think he's going to be a big factor for them all right well how are you handling Javante Williams got that ACL a little banged up here heading into the season I love Javante Williams. I think he is way underrated right now when it comes to where he is being drafted. You know, I understand that Sean Payton said, ah, you know, we might have a little bit of a pitch count on him in week one. I think they're being coy. I really do. This guy is the real deal. And sooner rather than later, they're going to continue to lean on him as their true RB1 in all facets and all portions of the field. Javante Williams is one of the best that we saw in college football in creating yards for himself in space. And he also has almost 80% of his yards so far in his career have come after contact. So a better offensive line, a better balanced offense, that just means even more production for Javante Williams. So I love him. He could be a draft steal for you. Make sure you get him. Okay, thank you so much, Trevor Sikkim. A quick follow on the first name that he mentioned there. NFL Media Insider Mike Garofolo reporting this on the current contract stalemate between the Buccaneers and, of course, their wide receiver, Mike Evans. Garofolo says that Evans' agent will cut off contract negotiations if the sides don't reach a deal by next Saturday. So that's a week from tomorrow, one day before Tampa's season kicks off. And don't forget, that's, that is seismic, significant news in the Tampa community because this is a guy who has averaged 1,150-plus yards and nine touchdowns per season. That's nine seasons in the NFL, all of them with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is a guy who has never had fewer than 1,000 receiving yards in a season. And yet it seems that year 10 could be Evans' last year as a buck. Stay tuned for that. We'll certainly have any news when it emerges. Oh, you know what? One last thing. Let's give Mike Yam the last word today. This also comes from TA, the broadcast, but I'm going to lift it because it's worth sharing. It's Mike Yam's bold prediction for the 2023 NFL season. 
I said Lamar Jackson's going to be the okay. MVP this year. That's a bold prediction, right? MVP for a second time, Lamar Jackson. You know what? I really love that, actually, because it's sort of rare. I feel like it's rare. Maybe it isn't rare. Correct me if I'm wrong on that, but it seems rare that a guy signs such a big deal and then follows that up with a season that isn't somewhat disappointing. It would be great if Lamar Jackson, after signing that deal and all that he went through before signing that deal, could actually take the MVP down this season. That would be amazing. The question is, will an MVP season for Lamar Jackson equal a winning, triumphant playoff run for the Baltimore Ravens? I'm not sure that it would, actually. Time will tell. I want to thank today's very special guest, Mike Yam, for making time for us today, as he so often does. And I want to invite you to join us on Monday when we begin officially the countdown to the 2023 NFL season. Monday is day one of week one of the 2023 NFL season. We will, of course, focus on that Lions and Chiefs game, that first game on Thursday. But then there are some sneaky, amazing matchups that we need to spend a little bit of time talking about. Those matchups, of course, are playing out on Sunday. I'm thinking Niners and Steelers. I'm thinking Cowboys and Giants, but those are just two of quite a few. We'll talk about those games, and of course, we will inevitably, invariably talk about the Monday Night Bills and Jets game yet again. We'll come up with a fresh take for that one. That's on Monday. Till then, take care of you, take care of your crew, and ciao for now. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.